Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two of Queering Desi. I want to take a couple of minutes to chat before we get to our first episode. It's a new year and we've got a new look, but it's the same old us. The goal of this podcast from its inception has been to celebrate the multifaceted lives of South Asian LGBTQ people beyond the labels. We want to elevate the stories of our community and highlight not only the guest's journey as an LGBTQ person, but also all their other identities, including their work. The response to season one was enormous, and we're so grateful to all of you who tuned in. This year, we're taking some of those lessons we learned and going bigger and bolder. There are things we didn't get a chance to talk at all or enough about, like caste, class, ableism, sex, religion. There are also occupations of our guests that we didn't cover, drag queens, chefs, doctors. And there are identities that we didn't get a chance to talk about, polyamory, two-spirit, asexual, intersex. These are just examples and by no means exhaustive. There's such diversity of identities, even within our South Asian LGBTQ community. And that means that maybe 1500 podcast episodes won't be enough. But I want a chance to tell you, our listeners, directly. We are certainly going to try like hell. (laughs) So back to season two. We've got a whole slate of episodes of wonderful guests lined up and some in real life events so you can be out and proud with your queer Desi fam. We'll be back every other Wednesday with new episodes and be sure to hit subscribe because there may just be some surprises in between. We hope you'll join us for this insane journey once again. And last but not least, I want to emphasize, we are always open to feedback. Send us an email, a DM, a tweet, a carrier pigeon, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Visibility is a privilege. And for anyone who's listening who can't be out or themselves or be safe, I want you to know that you matter and we're here for you. This podcast is for all of you, so let's make it count. Hello, and welcome to Queering Desi. I'm your host, Priya. As a South Asian queer, gender non-conforming person, I have learned a lot in my journey of self-acceptance and building community. So in each episode, I will bring you a slice of South Asian LGBTQ life with a guest who exemplifies what it means to be who you are and to live your truth. I like to create a safe and open discussion with our guests and listeners, so if the topics on this podcast are controversial, please know the opinions expressed are that of the guests and host, and we don't mean any offense. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm so excited to introduce our first guest of season two, Hamza, aka Mango Lussi. He is a queer Canadian Pakistani who currently resides in the greater Toronto area. Hamza and I met up after he attended DragCon, and we talked about all of his drag look inspirations, how he gained his incredible makeup skills, and his influences for his looks. We even talked about some serious stuff, like how Hamza deals with his other identities, like religion. Hamza is a humble and down-to-earth guy who says what he feels, and he is an inspiration to me personally. So whether you're a fan of Hamza or you've just heard of him now, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Hamza. Hi, guys. It's Hamza Mangolasi. Uh, <laughs> but right now I'm Hamza. Yeah. I'm a registered veterinary technician by day. And when I'm not working, I'm Mangolasi. That's amazing. Yeah. I have many questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start with the name, <laughs> Mangolasi. That's like very creative, but you the spelling and all that. How did yeah. you come up with the name? Yeah. So that wasn't my original drag name. My oh. original drag name was Khadija Cockshot. But oh like, <laughs> I. I had that name for like maybe six months. Like yeah. I started drag on Halloween three years ago, almost three years ago. 
And like, it just seemed so fitting. Like, Khadija is like such a Muslim name mm. and like cockshot just so vulgar. It just like, <laughs> it kind of, I don't know. It just yeah. like felt right. Yeah. Um, And then I was like, if I start getting known, mm. like if I, if this thing blows up. Yeah. Someone will kill me because <laughs> Khadija's the prophet's wife's mm. name. So oh, like, wow. I didn't think about that while posting this online, right. but like, I was like, this is a bad idea. Mm. So like me and my boyfriend, Ryan, were at a local Pakistani Indian restaurant mm-hmm. and I saw mango lassi on the on the menu. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> like mango lassi yes. is perfect. That's really like perfect. it's still a little vulgar. Yeah. But it has like everything that I'm about encompassed in, in those two words. Yeah. Like it's I don't know, it just sounded right. That's amazing. I love the name. I would love to just learn about your journey. I think like it's it's you're so open on on Instagram mm-hmm. and you've you've talked so much about your journey. But for our listeners who may not be familiar or even for fans of yours, you know, just general questions that come to mind, like how did you find drag and, you know, yeah. what what does it mean to you and stuff like that? But if you can just start talking about how you found this side of you. Yeah. So I feel like I started my drag journey like really young. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. If, if this is a thing with a lot of Desi families, but they love dressing their boys up in girls' clothes. <laughs> I think it is. I think, thing, which yeah. Which is weird. It's so weird. Yeah. So, like, when we're young, it's so okay for, like, a mom or sister, my khala, to, like, mm. grab a dubatta. Yeah. Grab her eyeshadow palette, grab some bindis, and, like, throw it on my face. Mm. Take a few pictures, have a laugh, take it off, and, like, go about with your day. So, like, that's where my drag journey started. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, it's that whole femininity was mm-hmm. taken away. And I'm sure it's taken away for a lot of gay men, gay South Asian men. So, like, there comes a point where that dressing up and being feminine, like, it's almost encouraged at first with all these female figures dressing you up and whatever. And then it's suddenly taken away. And then you're left confused. Mm. So, like, I didn't, I, during high school was the worst for me. Like, I acted very masculine, mm-hmm. as masculine as I could. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, like, I repressed all that femininity away. So my, trying to find that again, mm. I didn't find it till, like, like, post-secondary. Mm. What do you yeah. what do you mean by taken away? Like what were you told explicitly? Was it oh, really yeah. implicit? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like me I grew up with all girls. Like mm. I only have sisters and my we lived with our cousins, all girls. So like we used to play like auntie auntie. <laughs> like yeah. that's literally what we called it. Yeah. Like the brown version of house or whatever mm. you want to call it. Yeah. Um so like we would play for like hours a day, like mm. especially during the summer what are you supposed to do in your home with yeah. like surrounded by girls and like mm-hmm. you're already like in touch with that side of you we played auntie auntie and like my i think it was my sisters and my cousins they told my dad that i was wearing women's clothing mm-hmm. or like somebody i think it might have been my mom who caught me like with her bra on or something mm-hmm. and my dad took me to the garage and he's like if i ever see you doing that again i will send you away to pakistan oh, wow. and like this is it sounds like it's a joke, mm. but it's not a joke. Right. How young were you, you think, by then? <laughs> I think I was 10 or 11. So, like, that's where it kind of started. Like, that's where that whole, where I was put back in the closet, I think. 
because I don't think I was in the closet before then. I was my, all, all my childhood videos. I'm very flamboyant and like very gay. <laughs> yeah. What was it? What was a point that kind of brought that back into your life, or how did you start to open that door mm-hmm. then? After my first relationship, mm-hmm. I I let go of all those chains that were tying me down. Mm. So my first relationship was very <laughs> strange. I was forced to act masculine, mm. even though like we were both we were both gay and we both loved each other in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like he would tell me like wear boxers mm. and like don't wear mesh, like mm. wear baggy clothes. Because you don't want to, I don't want to be seen with a man who's too gay or like presents too feminine. So like that's, it was after I'd broken up with him that I got in touch with that side of myself again. And it was like just going to gay clubs that Mm -hmm. kind of, it encouraged that out of me again. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and then I came out to my sisters and like my sisters have always been into uh, makeup and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I kind of did it with them at home first. And then I started, then I did in another guy who was like almost, well, he wasn't the same as the first relationship. He was accepting of my femininity, like mm-hmm. the mesh and all that. And I could wear whatever underwear I wanted. Yeah. But he had this other weird complex, this alpha male, like, mm-hmm. you know, like the dissy dads. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he had that. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was terrifying. I... I almost expected because he was gay, he would kind of like not do that. But there was this point where like I was like, no, fuck this was when we went to go watch a movie and he yelled at me for paying. Wow. It was like that kind of dominance Mm. that I and I was like, what is happening? Like, I don't I because you're gay and you've faced so much oppression, I wouldn't expect you to use that like archaic behavior with me. After that, I went all out. I started doing makeup. I was like, fuck this. If I want to attract people who are like going to accept me for mm-hmm. my femininity, like how I like presenting, yeah. then I need to start dressing like that and mm-hmm. like being okay with myself first. Yeah. And then those people will come along. And that's kind of how I met Ryan. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. I hear a lot of this overlap between gender presentation and sexuality, which is something I face as well. Like mm-hmm. so much of my narrative of coming out and that like initial journey of self-acceptance was about presenting masculine and accepting that that's how I was most comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it was really scary and really terrifying. But the the acceptance that you're talking about, I can really relate to because mm-hmm. I know just being able to like express a certain side and then seeing how far you want to go with mm-hmm. it and what really accentuates you in the way that you really want it to can be so empowering. So it yeah. sounds like for you and I, I think for a lot of people, gender presentation plays in really strongly with mm. your sexuality. Yeah, I think so. And But it takes like a while to yeah. get there. And it takes like a lot of being let down by people, mm. I find. And I wonder too for you, I know for me like the, in the South Asian just culture in general, all of this is taboo, right? Mm-hmm. Especially like you're saying when you're told explicitly not to act a certain way or show a certain side yeah. of yourself. This difference between sexuality and gender presentation and like how they kind of conflate together is even more, I think, taboo for people. They can be like, okay, date whoever you want. But like the way you look or being like, do you want to be a girl? Because, Mm -hmm. you you know, have you faced things like that as well? Yeah. Like I, I get, I still get DMs ask, are you, are you a woman? Mm -hmm. Or like, are you people from India, Pakistan will must be and be like, are you trans? 
And do I, you respond to those messages? I do because I like that's they don't know any, mm. any better. So like I'm sure like India, Pakistan, the there's no education about gender or right. like, you know, it's just not discussed yeah. there. It's either like you're male, female right. or you're a hijra. Right. Like and they, a lot of people think I am. Yeah. From and like they that's how they these are other these are trans people and third gender people from India messaging me, asking me these yeah. things. And like the occasional like straight man will I, I like I have to respond because it's mm. my responsibility. I well, I feel like it's my responsibility. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I do I get similar messages sometimes. Like mm. I recently posted photos of my wedding mm-hmm. and congratulations. Thank you. So <laughs> um, cute. Thanks. It was it was incredible mm-hmm. and we are so lucky. But yeah. I also got a couple of messages of mm-hmm. like, hey, you're a woman, like why do you dress like that? Mm-hmm. And like it the the one that really bugged me was not a question. It was like, hey, just you know, just wanted you to know that you know, you're a woman and why do you, like, you shouldn't dress like a man. And it was, like, phrased as, like, a statement mm-hmm. and more than a, like, I'm curious and I don't know any better. And oftentimes with messages like that, like, I don't respond. Mm-hmm. I don't, I typically don't DM a lot on Insta mm-hmm. anyway. But it's hard for me to field some of that. Like, I know that there is some, like, responsibility towards representation. But I also, for myself, at least personally, sometimes, like, it's too hard to face that. And also, like, on the flip side, like, you don't know how that person could react or engage with you. Yeah. And I know you get uh, yeah. a lot of like weird. I get a lot of hate, like yeah, hate. Yeah, yeah. And How it's do you deal with that. It's I like mean, not always DM. Like the ones who really want the attention, they'll mess. They'll comment, and like mm-hmm. I, I will. Re- I'll respond to them, like sarcastically. And half the time, it's closeted brown men. Mm. And like, there was one that really stood out. Me and my boyfriend, we were just like you're attacking me because you're insecure with yourself. Mm. And like, he did message me and he's like, Hey, like I've, I'm like having a really hard time oh, wow. coming to grips with my sexuality. And like, and the, like he sent me a dick pic oh and then he's like, Oh my <laughs> God, I've he- never done this before. And then I was <laughs> like, but, but before that we had like a conversation, I was like, girl, like go, go yeah. talk to somebody. Yeah. Like it's easy to talk to people online, but it's even better if you go in person. And like, right. there's, that's a hurdle. Yeah. Right. But go like, to, I don't know, download Grindr or something yeah. like you can make friends Therapy, off of those yeah. apps. Um, but I think the biggest thing like that impresses me about your journey is that you have become like this well, for, for millennials, an influencer. Right. Like you've become kind of this. I know for those that can't yeah. see, they just made a face. But I mean, you have you're like an icon. You You have quite a following and like you represent something to people. And I think that sends the strength that you're even exuding now. There's something about what you've been through that brings you to this point where you can be who you are online. And mm. I can vouch that you're like that in person too, oh. right? I think, but that's but that's so important in our community. And mm. like having someone reach out to you and say those things yeah. means that like you're opening a door for others, you know? Yeah. And at least for me, like I always felt like I didn't, I, I only had like select few that, that I found when I was growing up. And there's so much more now. There's, there's people mm. like you and me and like so many others. Yeah that are out there and I just love that like the social media platform is giving people like even more or or the permission, permission to express yeah. themselves yeah, yeah yeah I didn't find that person till like I got my first job so I think I was 18 or 19 yeah um and I I started working at guess oh wow I know right first job <laughs> at guess <laughs> retail um, jobs for right? the win <laughs> and um one of the managers there was brown and gay and like 
he was very like flamboyant. So like that, mm. just seeing that gave me like so much hope. So now people have, and back then Instagram, Instagram wasn't a thing. Right. Like this is 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like I, you, for back then you needed to see that in person for, to, to believe it yeah. or like see it on TV. Yeah. Like Jay Manuel was the closest thing because yeah. <laughs> he was kind of brown and like, you know. Yeah. And very gay. Like, I didn't have anything else. So, like, when I saw that manager at Guest, like, I was like, oh, my God, like, it's okay. Like, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. If he, like, he's living his life Mm -hmm. out and proud and, like, I I want that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Who else, who else has inspired you or or currently inspires you? I know there's, there's, uh. There's many that I look up to that you have mm-hmm. mingled with, <laughs> but I, I would I would love to know like who inspires you, especially like not only your drag side but just yeah. everything about who you are. I really look up to Alok mm. right now. I just um, heard them speak at DragCon, so amazing, and I heard them speak back when they came to Toronto, and just they're so brave and like mm. I, it's just so inspiring and like I don't know, it's just so nice. There's like an energy you feel when mm-hmm. people like when you really resonate with someone. Yeah. And every time I hear them speak, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like you've blown my mind again. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of drag queens I look up to. Like, <laughs> and they're like political activists, I yeah. guess. Like Sasha Velour is very mm-hmm. political with her art. Yes, absolutely. Um, Aja was also at that panel that Alok mm-hmm. spoke at. And Aja just came out as non-binary as oh, well. Wow. So, like, that's really cool. And yeah. it's, like, really nice to see. Absolutely. Who else? My friend Hannah, Frisk mm-hmm. Art. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she's she's Indo-Persian. Oh, wow. She's just, she's bi. And, like, she's just so cool with mm-hmm. her sexuality. Like, yeah. it's just so nice to, and she's Muslim as well. So, it's, like, really nice to, like, have someone there to talk to. And yeah. when I'm going through shit at home and mm-hmm. be like, oh, my God, my parents are being like this <laughs> or that. And, like, oh, like, my my mom knows I do makeup. She doesn't mm-hmm. know I do drag. So, because she doesn't know what drag is. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so, like, I, when I have an issue at home, I can just be like, oh my God, like, yeah. I mean, my mom did this. Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend is also like an inspiration. Like, mm-hmm. he's like dedicated his life to queer Caribbean studies. So, like, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Well, I was going to, you touched on something I was going to ask, which mm-hmm. is about like family and community response, not only to, to you being out but also the drag component because mm-hmm. there is a lack of understanding. What is it, what has it generally been like for you within the community or with a different generation than ours? Mm-hmm. Um, the response is usually positive, but I always get negative things online. Mm-hmm. And that kind of comes with it. Like you can't yeah. post something online without expecting right. a negative response. What about like at events or, mm-hmm. you know, family or friends or, you know, one of the biggest things with social media is who might see it or, yeah. or who might send it to your mom yeah. or send it, you know, have you faced things like that or have you had any responses like that? Um, I have. My cousins, my religious cousins, they mm-hmm. know I do drag mm-hmm. and I'm out to them, mm-hmm. but things have slipped to their parents. And like one of uh, my, my aunts, my khala, mm-hmm. my mom's sister, and like, I'm sure they've talked about it. But, like, it's just swept under the rug because Mm. no one wants to bring it up. But they will bring up other things, like my sister is wearing inappropriate clothes. So, like, (laughs) it's very, like, oh, because... Right? I know. It's like, oh, because he's a guy, like, he'll grow out of it or whatever. Mm. But the girls, they're looking like 
Flats outside, That's not, not okay. okay. Right. Right. It's like, yeah. it's so stupid. It's such a double standard. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's terrible. But I, I mean, I think again, like you just being out there and doing what you're doing is mm-hmm. incredible. I also just want to know like, what inspires your looks. You did this amazing airbender look. Yeah. Icon that I <laughs> loved. Like what inspires your looks? How do you keep changing it up? And how do you, how do you find that? I draw a lot of inspiration from Bollywood. So like, of course, I, I don't like really like the newer stuff. Yeah. Um, if Same. it's like, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. If it's like 90s a, was the best. I know. <laughs> oh my God. If it's like, like my ideal style of drag would be like the girls from Bollywood. Like, I would love to, like, work in a brothel, like, be one of those girls. <laughs> do some mudra. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's my, like, that's so beautiful mm. to me. But, like, stuff that's more westernized, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Anyone can do that. Yeah. But uh, it's just so appealing to me. Yeah. Um. So, like, Bollywood, like, I'll, I'll call that classic Bollywood. Cause, yeah. like, let's be real. Yeah. Um, uh, cartoons. So, mm. like, anime, I... Airbender, like yeah. the last Airbender was amazing. It's like yeah. one of my favorite shows. Naruto, like I love Naruto. <laughs> I grew up on anime. Oh my god, my brother-in-law would love you. He loves anime and oh, it's really? just like yeah, it's stuff. so I think good. That's great. Yeah, it's really an addiction that starts at a young age. Yeah, like I still haven't yeah. stopped. <laughs> well, I love that it sparks creativity, and mm. I'm curious not only about that but also like your makeup skills mm. which are like on point do you do all your looks yourself yeah i do wow. i was really bad in the beginning <laughs> like my first look three years ago yeah. was horrible can but i find it on instagram you can <laughs> like, find oh it on God. instagram scroll back three years on halloween you'll find oh it God. it's so bad like i spent three hours doing my makeup yeah and i went out and the photos look like i just put like <laughs> A layer of really light foundation on. Oh it was God. so bad. <laughs> but like I and like we didn't know we were gonna keep doing drag after yeah. that. Me and Ryan. So like we just like kept doing it for fun, mm. and then we just kept kept doing it. And then RuPaul's Drag Con happened in LA. I think that was a year, a uh, year and a half ago, ish, maybe two years. And I. At that point, I'd gotten comfortable painting my own face. Mm-hmm. I kind of learned how, what works for me. And that's when I got noticed for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, a lot of people photographed me at that event. Yeah. Paper Magazine was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Getty Images. Oh, my God. So cool. You're, like, legit oh, now. I'm Getty girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, a lot of people appreciated mm-hmm my drag yeah and that look was like south asian inspired i had the turban i had a nut on like the dress was a little like east asian um but it was you could tell that there was like a brown person under there it was really cool and that's when i that's when i was like oh like this could go somewhere and so i kept doing it after that after that and then on when i got back from that trip a lot of people reached out to me it was first the tamil community in toronto who reached out? They're like, "Hey, like, do you want to model some dresses for us?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, a hundred percent." Yeah, and it was like totally cool. And I like wasn't expecting it to just like take off like that. And this is that was when like all these brown queer blogs started following me, mm-hmm. Instagram accounts, even like regular accounts. This was before Queering Daisy was a mm-hmm. thing, I yeah. think. So like Brown Girl Magazine yeah. followed me before that. It was awesome. Yeah. That's how I found you. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. so cool. 
No, that's amazing. I I, well, I want to hear about DragCon. I actually mm-hmm. didn't plan to ask you this question, but mm-hmm. I want to hear about not only your first experience, <laughs> but you just came from DragCon. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is it like? What is it? What it was different this year? Now mm-hmm. that you've been, you know, what's it like? I've never been. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I've been you four times. Sum it up. Yeah, this is my four? fourth time going. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've Wait, been how t- often does it happen? It happens twice a year. Now. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Before it used to happen once a year. I've been to two in LA okay. and two in New York. Wow. I think yeah. That's amazing. What's yeah. it like? It's really nice. Like I. You get to kind of like hang with your own crowd. There's not a lot of judgment. Like it's a very fun, free space. And that's what I really like about it. And you get to meet people from all that you've been friends with online. Like I met so many people who follow me online and Mm. like people who I follow. It's just nice to see each other in person and like, you know. Yeah. It's so different than like talking to someone online. Absolutely. Yeah. What was your favorite part of this year's DragCon? Besides the panel, maybe that you mentioned already. Um, well, the panel was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Um, it was it, the panel was called "Breaking the Binary," and mm. it'll probably up, be up on their YouTube page in a oh, few okay. months or something. Okay, I'll keep um, an eye out. Yeah, it was really cool, and I met Kim Chi again. She's one of my favorite queens. Mm. Yeah, and she like remembers me, and she like follows <laughs> me on Instagram. It's like so crazy wow. to have one of your like idols follow right. you, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, she like remembered me. It was, <laughs> it's nice when like someone. That you look up to remembers yeah. you, right? Yeah. Um, so absolutely. that was pretty amazing. And like just meeting people that I met online, like people who follow me. It, it was them people coming up to you and saying they appreciate your work so much is so much more powerful in person yeah. than it is online. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What is the message that you hope you oh, carry out? Yeah, no, please. Oh, Go ahead. I one of the after parties was at the PlayStation Theater. They this contest. Okay. So like just post a post a photo on Instagram and like tag Facetune too because it was like sponsored by Facetune or whatever. So I did that, not thinking I would win the prize. Um, so <laughs> I posted it. Like Michelle Visage and Monet Exchange were the hosts, and they this is like in a theater full of hundreds of people, and. They were scrolling and Michelle was like, stop right there, like on a giant screen yeah. on the stage. And she's like, the blue one, the blue one needs to come up here. And this was my <laughs> avatar look. Oh and my she God. like called me up on stage and like read me a little bit. Um, and, then, <laughs> um, and then I won like 500 bucks. No way. Yeah, it was okay, so where crazy. Are my drinks at? Right? <laughs> I know, right? That's amazing. Yeah, it was wow. so crazy. I did not go into the, like, I didn't come into this weekend, yeah. like, making money or whatever, but. Yeah. No, it's amazing. so crazy that like I was appreciated on this huge stage by <laughs> by people who like judge this show. Wow. So crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was a highlight too. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a very like empowering space, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. They, I feel like the, a lot of the hosts and like even RuPaul's, I've been to two of RuPaul's keynote speeches. Mm-hmm. I don't think he does them anymore, but the last two were like really great. It was like law of attraction kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which I somewhat follow or whatever like i believe in the basic principle of karma or whatever it was kind of like just do that and like stand up for yourself Mm -hmm. like be your own person like yeah my only thing is like be your own person if it's safe right i always tell people that yeah it's not always safe and and we don't always have access and Mm -hmm. and us even being out and being who we are is such a privilege so it's it's not it's not something that everyone has yeah yeah I, I want to know, like, 
what message you hope to get across in in online, mm-hmm. obviously, of course, but like with your looks and with drag and just being who you are, like what mm-hmm. is the message that you hope, you know, your followers, your fans or maybe new followers and fans mm-hmm. uh, get? Like, what do you what do you hope to pay forward? I want people to know that it's especially like queer South Asian people to know that's OK to not be out. I feel like being out is a really Western thing. Yes. And like we're we're surrounded by it all the time and we're always told like it's okay it gets better or whatever but sometimes it doesn't get better and yeah. like if for me like I'm okay not being out to my parents mm. that's okay with me and like that's the part where it won't get better mm. but the other things in my life are great and that's okay those are gonna get better like right. that's what I need to focus on you need to kind of be realistic with who you uh, like tell your gay too, you know, mm. like I I know if I tell my parents I w- will probably be disowned I'm mm. um, like they're very religious and I'm not gonna take that risk and yeah. I'm not gonna traumatize them like they're all o- they're already old and like Their health is like not the best. So, yeah. you know, you got it's just yeah, yeah, like I'm okay with that like yeah. people like take a step back and like think about things realistically yeah. and like kind of Figure out how to be okay with them. Mm. And it takes a while, but, like, you get to a point where you're like, you know what? I don't need to be, like, all these white boys like yeah. or girls. I don't, you know. Yeah. I don't need to come out. Like, it's fine. I can just yeah. be me. You can just be who you are. I mm-hmm. think, like, that is not only is coming out in general such a Western thing and something I've talked about before on the show of just how much of a narrative it's set up as of like mm-hmm. one time coming out and like, and then it's just the one you just do it and then it's over and then it gets better. But mm-hmm. also like with the other layers being Brown, being, being all these other minority mm-hmm. um, identities, juggling all of that. Like, was that hard for you, especially like the religious aspects? I, yeah. I think that's something maybe a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. Like I, I had to like disconnect myself from Islam for a long time mm. Um, so, like, pretty much all throughout high school and, like, uh, four or five years after that, too. But it was just because, like, I didn't know how that fit in when everything I was taught was so anti-gay. So, like, I eventually met some queer Muslims mm. in the GTA and, like, they kind of, they kind of, like, reinvented some parts of their religion to match Mm. what the like just to accommodate their queerness and like that's cool like these religions were created thousands of years ago Mm. like they're archaic they're supposed to change with time just like everything else you know so like it's like now i'm i'm still not religious Mm. but i appreciate the religion and like i have respect for people who read the Maz and like who follow the Quran and like you know yeah so like I, I I just had to disconnect myself to like find out what worked for me yeah and like think, find people yeah yeah I think that's a common thing though like to to section off parts of yourself mm-hmm. or to try to like back away and and take the necessary space and room to grow and I think that yeah. goes hand in hand with what you were saying about like not being out like mm-hmm. It's okay to like step back from from something that means a lot to you, like culture or religion or or family, if you have to, mm-hmm. if if it means that that's something that that will help you grow or that's something that's really important to you yeah. as well. I find it's like a coping mechanism for just not just queer 
South Asians, just like yeah. South Asians who are born mm. in the West in general. Like my sisters mm. have gone through the same thing because they were taught like my sisters wore her job for a long time. Like one of them wore it all through like grade three to grade 12 or whatever. Wow. And like, I think first two years in university or something like that. Mm. But she's like, what am I doing this for? Yeah. And what does it mean to you? Like to, the hijab? To, or, yeah, no, like, oh. no, I meant like it rhetorically. Like, what does oh. <laughs> it mean to you to like perform in that way? If you yeah, don't, if, if exactly. It's, yeah. Like, right? what does it represent and why are you doing it? Yeah. Is it something you're blindly following? Who am I pleasing? Yes, you know? exactly. At the end of the day, like, who am I living for? Right. And what does it mean? I think like with religion, it can get so tricky about folks following things that they don't fully understand for themselves or they've mm -hmm. just been told and they passively kind of go with it mm -hmm. and so i like the idea of just like questioning that and yeah and your space in that yeah and like i i questioned it a lot throughout my quran classes like i'd spent probably three or four years like mm. two hours a day every weekday in quran class wow and then I started questioning at the end. I'm like, how do we know this is even the right religion? Mm. And a lot of that teaching was fear based. It mm. was like, don't do this or God will do this to you. So like I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like <laughs> yeah. I was like young. I was like a preteen, teen, <laughs> early teenager. I was just like, this isn't OK and this yeah. isn't right. Like. And that's, uh, I guess that's when it's, I, that's when I started questioning it and then I completely like cut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, just a final wrap up question. I would love to know what's next for you. Like what is, I know you're starting to, to work with some makeup companies mm -hmm. and you're, you're like using that kind of platform yeah. to further other queer people. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and maybe yeah. anything that's coming up for you? Um, well, I, right now I'm in, uh, working with Pink Orchid Studio. Okay. Um, so like I do two looks for them a week mm -hmm. and like it's just nice to have a big uh, South Asian owned company mm. take on a queer kid and be like yeah. hey like it's okay to be queer we're going to feature you on our page like that's so awesome mm -hmm. and I kind of hope that other South Asian companies kind of like take notice yeah. and be like hey N not as a like a not as a token gay kid or yeah. like token queer person on their yeah. page just to be like hey this is okay yeah like we need to normalize these things Absolutely. um another we, i had a photo shoot um with must be kismet i'm i'm sure everyone's seen the photos they're so awesome <laughs> yeah. and it was just like a brown wedding yeah we i think brown girl featured yeah, it too. You guys yeah featured it, it was amazing um and it was just so like awesome that that went viral mm. That's so it, that's so progressive for our yeah, community. So absolutely. I think we need more of that. And I really want to encourage that um, for my I'm going to keep doing looks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting to perform a little bit more. Mm. So like if you're ever in Toronto, I'll like yeah. post about it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So you do like dance numbers and stuff? I don't like I I don't know about dance. OK, like I'm I'm OK. I'm an OK dancer. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just like. Being pretty on stage mm. or whatever. And what? I really like burlesque. So, like, oh, I kind of incorporate some of that. I've incorporated that in my earlier performances. Yeah. So, I like, I, I, I just like doing yeah. that stuff. It's so cool. <laughs> what's a look you're, like, dying to try? Or, like, mm. what's inspiring you next? Um. Well, now that I'm bald, <laughs> I can kind of do more things, like, on my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, I did the whole arrow thing. Like, the Aang. I loved it. Avatar I loved thing. It. I was like, you know what? I'm going to shave my head and do this. <laughs> I, 
and like wait, it that's worked. why you shaved. That's your head? actually why I shaved my <gasps> no head. Way. Yeah, oh my like that's it dedication. Off. It paid off. I yeah. must say. <laughs> and I actually look good, like with my head shaved. I was like yeah. so scared I was gonna look bad, but like you know, brown moms they like shape your head when you're a baby. So <laughs> my mom, I, like when what? I shaved my head, my mom was like, "Oh my god." I did such a good job <laughs> shaping your head when you were a kid. I was like, Yeah, this wow. was for you, mom. Thanks. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't even know where, what I was What's talking the, about. Uh, a look you want to try next. Oh, a look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to shave my beard and like kind of do a whole uh, like crazy look, but yeah. I like love my beard. Yeah. I think it suits you. Yeah. Your eyebrows are on point, I must say. Thank like, you. they're, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to post a picture of this for people. But um, yeah, like, that's that's amazing. I think the airbender thing was kind of, I've been yeah. following you for a while. And that one was like, whoa. This. I actually did that look like earlier this year. Like, oh. I think it's January, February. Interesting. And, but I wore a bald cap. Oh, okay. And it just looked so, I couldn't get the edges like mm. super flat. So yeah. it looked gross. It looked like mm. I had wrinkles all around my head. <laughs> So I was like, I need to redo this. Like, yeah. sh- gather up the courage to shave my head and redo this. Yeah. And I did that this weekend. That's and um, yeah, it was awesome. It paid off. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm so excited to see what you do with the the Thank bald you. look. It's gonna make. <laughs> um, is there anything I didn't ask that you wanted to share? And while you have our listeners, not really. I'm okay. Cool well, just to close, I would yeah. love to for you to share like your social media. So yeah. uh, people who don't already follow you, what are you doing? But um, <laughs> if you want to share that. Yeah. On Instagram, I'm at underscore Humzer. H-U-M-Z-E-R. Oh, my God. Zed. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've been saying. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've been saying that all weekend because like I go to Starbucks. I'm like, yeah. Um, they're like, what's your name? I'm like, should I use my fake name? But I <laughs> Wait, like, what's st- your Starbucks fake name? Fake Caleb. Name? <gasps> I was what? like, it's like super white. I That's was like, not, you're not I a know. <laughs> I know. So like I, I stopped using that like two years ago and I was like, okay, I'm in America. And like, did you say it? Did you no, say I didn't. Okay, good. Oh my God. I didn't. I mean, I've like, like Caleb myself. with the K. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, um, I was like, I can't go back to using Caleb because it's so like, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I standing up for? It goes, like, against my whole work. Of course. And so, like, I started using my real name again. Yeah. But, like, I've been saying, like, yeah, H-U-M-Z-A. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, Z. <laughs> I, like, I have to, I've said it, like, maybe 50 times this weekend. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was talking to Vivek Shraya for an uh-huh. episode, and I was like, it's really hot here. It's, like, 80 degrees. And she was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And I was like, I uh, forget yeah. that you guys, like, there's a lot of stuff that America does that no one else yeah. does. Sorry. I don't know why yeah. we do that. We just make life complicated. <laughs> but anyways, I just had to make a comment about that. I hope everyone goes and follows you immediately. Thank you. you um, I need, like, social media tips for you. Like you're um, you're amazing on social media. Honestly, I like share your stuff with people, like inbox them, yeah. DM them or whatever, and be like, hey, like I've noticed that you haven't posted queer people on your page or like yeah. there's not a lot of diversity on your page. Like it'd be really cool if you like featured me yeah. or, you know, I've yeah. done that before wow. and I've gotten some good responses. Really? Yeah. But other times like there was one for I'm going to call them out Pakistan Vogue. What? Wait, what? What did they say? I think it was or Pakistani fashion or so, not Vogue. It was okay. Pakistani fashion or okay. some, some Pakistani fashion blog. And I was yeah. like, hey, like, I've noticed that you don't post any queer people on your page. Yeah. And I already knew the response I was going to get. <laughs> and yeah, I did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, hey, like, it'd be cool if you I like wear South Asian clothes and drag. Yeah. Like, it'd be so sick if you put this on your page. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, part of me was like, you know what? 
they might think I'm a Kusta or something mm. and like they might put me on their page. But uh, another thing that I didn't mention this earlier, but I'm just going to go off on yeah, a tangent Yeah, no, right please now. go for um, it. <laughs> Kusras and like Hijras and whatever are put on this pedestal in Pakistan and India. Mm. And then queer people are like thrown under the rug, like beaten, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like a Hijra and Kusras are like put up are attacked as well but like they're also seen as like these uh like holy people almost and it's like my parents oxymoronic about, though yeah because but, like, like you're not actually accepting of what they represent or mm-hmm. who they are but you want their blessing yes when your kids exactly. born exactly you want their blessings at your I wedding i don't understand that like this is it's it. so stupid and yeah. like my parents believe in this stuff there was a mm. there was a documentary that came out years ago called uh, like Janli Jumi or something. Okay. <laughs> and it was about like Kusras in Pakistan. Oh, wow. I think it's on YouTube, actually. It's okay. called Kiss the Moon, like in, in English on, okay. on um, check it out. YouTube. And it's all about Kusras in Pakistan and all about their lives and how oh they're praised in public. And then behind the scenes, they're living in poverty. Yeah. They're like treated like shit. Like when they're not and, performing or acting yeah. or whatever. And also like like driven into sex work and yeah. like a lot of like there's such a lack of understanding about yeah. like w- what their experience is. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, even for, for folks like us that might think we know more. But mm-hmm. I wonder what you mean by like throwing under the, like queer people under the bus in terms of like, do you think it's because there's not differentiation between like what gender is and what sexuality is? Or even for those communities, there there's that. Like lack of understanding. I I just think there's a lack of understanding. Yeah. Um, like people can't differentiate, like my, the drag I do from yeah. being a kusra. Yeah. And so like I will immediately be like bashed. Yeah. Um. But at the same, on those same people are like inviting kusras to their right. wedding for right. blessings. It's just so. I just sense. like it's hard for me to understand. Even yeah. my dad is like this. Like my dad talks so highly about. Kusras mm. in Pakistan that like he's encountered and like yeah. he tells me like yeah like like if you pissed one off or like um and they said something bad to you yeah. like it'll stick with you mm. for the rest of your life like it's like, like almost a like curse. a curse yeah yeah so like they're so they believe in this stuff and they mm. also believe in the blessings that they bring and they're my parents have said they're like holy people do you think that, so, that- but it's so weird because if I came out to my parents yeah. or like if they found out that I did drag I would be I would face horrible consequences but why do you think that difference exists and like do you think that that could even be like an avenue or an opening of understanding mm-hmm. possibly or no i don't think so okay. because i'd still they would still bring up like the whole you're just honoring our family mm-hmm. thing yeah and i i can't even say it's a generational thing because there are young people that yeah there's still too. young yeah. people you know yeah and like my parents i don't know it's just like uh, all these like archaic beliefs are just passed yeah. on yeah yeah it's just like disappointing yeah. no it is yeah. and i think that's i mean i keep saying this but i i truly do find inspiration in folks like you who like straddle that line and really embrace that fact because like it's important to normalize it like you're Mm -hmm. saying and it's important to be out there and be who you are because it's not something we see very often Mm -hmm. and whether you're out or not like you're still representing something to somebody that may not be out or may just be not embracing some part of themselves that they they wish they could or anything like you're inspiring people by just being out and i think like that 
even though some of it can be like, oh, there's no hope for this. Yeah. You know, like you being who you are is like the greatest hope, actually, mm. you know, and I that's what just amazes me about you and, you and and who you are. But in person, too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like my goal is to like get queer desi people yeah. like to the forefront of mm. like these publications or whatever. Absolutely. Um, my cousin, like she like totally supports me, but like. And like she'll, uh, she's like tagged me, uh, like posted, reposted some of my stuff, like on her story or whatever. Um, and it's like important for other brown Desi influencers to do that. Like Absolutely. we need, our, like I know we're all marginalized. Yeah. Um, but queer people need the support of their straight allies. Absolutely. And it's so important for people like her to do that. And like, um, like other people who have a platform already on social media. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that Absolutely. needs to happen more too. Absolutely. And I hope that creating they see like grows into that. That's my vision for it and that's my hope for it. And like having people like you on the show that are already kind of like living that out is like the hope for that because there's the more the better. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just yeah. like one person that can carry that burden or yeah. should. There's there's so much power in numbers. Yeah. And we yeah. need to get rid of the belief that like being gay is a white thing. Yeah, you know, or like yeah. being queer is a white thing. It's not like yeah. people will be like, "Oh, that's like it's just a phase." Like, yeah, only white people are gay. Like, yeah, it's not so the case. It's a Western yeah, it's a yeah. Western. It's all yeah. it's all that Western thing. Yeah. Like, you're being influenced too much by wherever you grew up. You know, my parents will say that to me all yeah. the time. My parents did too, yeah. and I, I mean, it's just their love of me that has like grown into support. But I mm-hmm. think like that's that's a fear for a lot of Desi cultures in yeah. general. No, but thank you for being on, Hamza. Like, this Thanks. has been great. I need to, like, cut it short. It's just, uh, it's, I could talk to you for hours. Um, but thank you for being on. I hope that we continue to work yeah. together and yeah. that people continue to, to follow you and see all the amazing things you do. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Queering Desi. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes to help us spread the word and to make sure you get the latest episodes right to your phone every other week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Queering Desi. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please feel free to reach us on social media or drop us an email at queeringdesi at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. 